0: Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Silicon Sasquatch Podcast after many, 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 many months away. Uh, I am Nick Cummings, and I'm joined tonight by Aaron Thayer. Good evening. And Spencer, don't call me Spencer, Tordoff. How's it going? It's going fantastic. So uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, June 5th which is the second day of E3 and is the um, end of the days where we get the big uh, media blitzes and the press conferences from major uh, manufacturers and publishers. So we've seen presentations from Microsoft, Sony, Ubisoft, uh, Electronic Arts, and uh, Nintendo. So uh, we wanted to take just a few minutes to kind of run down what we saw as like the most significant news, the the biggest trends and anything that kind of just stood out to us as you know, kind of, kind of, we're taking a moment to to ponder, if you will. We're we're all about the pondering. Yeah, yeah. good ki- ponder. It's kind of
1: how we do. We we ponder and then we don't tell anybody about it, and that is why the site doesn't get
2: updated. I think this is the first podcast in over a year, so we are back. Easily over
0: a year, yeah. Uh, yeah the last one we did was a uh, e3 2011 podcast I think never got posted yeah though, so <laughs>
2: look for that one too coming after this one yeah
0: <laughs> we'll 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 remaster it in 3d um, yeah At speaking 40 of frames per second 3d HD remix
2: I guess it really wasn't much 3d there wasn't even much 3ds shown I guess start with um, something I was generally impressed by and then sandwich that with things I wasn't impressed by and we can you know kind of do that I would say if there's one thing that just was even worth talking about for the whole show was whatever uh ubisoft did with assassin's creed 3
0: yeah that was what did what did they do with assassin's creed 3
2: they showed a lot of gameplay they had their own conference um i think there was a partial video shown for microsoft's on monday and then they had in the evening time they had their own press conference um and then sony Uh, had another conference after that. So basically we had three conferences plus the Nintendo's four where they're showing off Assassin's Creed 3 and normally I would kind of get overloaded with that. It would just seem to be excess, but they're pushing it because they know it's going to be a badass game, which it does look like. It looks like everything there is what I would want. It's an actual sequel. It's not a side story kind of like Brotherhood and Revelations, which were good, but I got tired of Ezio just honestly so the new character connor he's he's looking great um the whole woods gameplay that they have in between the forts and the cities of the american revolution period it actually looks like it works i don't know why you're killing so many animals but it kind of reminded me like a red dead redemption skinning sort of animal hunting thing which might be fun but just everything there the animation the footage i just i was really actually blown away really impressed
0: yeah uh i agree um I only caught a little bit of the demo, but I saw the scene where they were—you're um, you're kind of uh, steering a ship through the Caribbean. It looks like, yeah. Uh, and there was just some stuff on display there that really stood out to me. Some real amazing attention to detail that you know uh, was the sort of stuff that stood out to me when uh, Assassin's Creed 2 launched in two thousand nine. And mm-hmm. um, but this is like you know this is three years of solid development on what looks to be like a highly improved engine and like just a a very, very robust presentation. So During that
2: th- uh, ship footage you were talking about, one of the developers was mentioning how it's going to be completely um, procedurally generated and all the swells, so it could storm at any time and it will just be calm. So I thought that was kind of cool since it's not, uh, you know, it's not scripted entirely. And the naval mm-hmm. battles, I never played a naval battle <laughs> game, so it looked new and refreshing to me. I'm sure someone out there who makes or plays Port Royale, which don't we know someone involved with that. Like, isn't that Peter, I think? I don't know. There are people out there that play these ship games that I'm sure they enjoy and think it looks stupid, but I thought that it was the worthy addition, not just those stupid horse cart levels that have been in the last four games.
0: Yeah, those got tired. Um, sorry, Spencer, were you going to say something like two seconds ago? I was. Uh, Hopefully you well, forgot. it Well,
1: was, it was, was kind of a mild speculation because they've done an Assassin's Creed game Every year, at least for the past uh, for the past five, and they haven't managed to to burn people out on it just yet. So uh, it's it's good that they're finally moving away from uh, Ezio because, well, I, I think they were about to hit a wall there, and to set it in America as well. Well, that's that's big for the um, the red blooded America crowd because
2: you know fight the British. There are yeah. already people mad about the British being enemies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How is that a thing? This was, you know, 200 years ago.
2: I, and that was kind of historically accurate, you know. Whether or not it's they're true. Templars, I haven't read that book from uh, David McCullough, but I don't <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it it, uh, it looks good. You know, I'm not a person who's generally really compelled by Assassin's Creed titles, but this seems like a good jumping in point for somebody who hasn't really been following the series all that closely. No. Um, you know, it's a whole new setting. It's uh, something you might actually know a little bit about more than um, you know thousand so years ago in uh, the Holy Land or um, well
0: yeah, you should I probably
1: mean, know something about Renaissance Italy at least But <laughs> I mean I to don't play a,
0: yeah. no, it, it, and that's actually like what appeals to me is you know it's historical fiction but there's a heavy emphasis on the historical side like you know I, I'm one of the, the crazy people who actually really enjoy reading through like poring over all the codex entries that would pop up when you come up with like a famous monument in a in Italy, or something, in uh, the Assassin's Creed Two games, and uh, just what I saw from the brief snippet of the game was just a real rich presentation, down to like the audio production. the sounded like the ship creaking as you were like navigating it, and the, uh, the noises your crew made, and like the animations they mo- made as the, the ship rocked, and you like you were about to to fire on another ship. It was just it was very very polished in a way that mm-hmm. I haven't seen uh, really at all this generation. Um, so it was. It's exciting. I'm, I'm very optimistic about the level of attention. Of I like game. that
2: you mentioned the kind of emphasis on history. Somebody was, I think this was on The Verge or whatever other multiple websites out there reporting on all this stuff. Um, kind of the same thing with the Vita version, which I know you were talking about, Nick, um, being impressed by yeah. it. But like the Assassin's Creed games have always been sort of a violent historical book report. That a lot of it is. True, and of course, love, it's um, not true, to, for lack of a better term, but uh, apparently, in at least the Vita version, I think, I'm not sure if this carries over to the console version, that anyone who dies at certain times is actually historically when they died and how they died. So they're trying to definitely mix in a lot of the actual history of the American Revolution, which I'm, as a fan of history, I like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool endeavor. Um, it, it, if anything, you know, I'm I'm a definitely a, an apologist for this series. I've always loved it, and I even like the first game somehow. Um, so it's just it's just really it, it makes me happy on a personal level. But you know, there were some other really interesting stuff shown off at the same time as well. And like, while you know, I was already looking forward to Assassin's Creed Three, there were some things that kind of uh, made a, made a big impression uh, that I wasn't necessarily expecting to see. So. Um, one of those is um, The Last of Us, which I, I've heard a, a fair bit about beforehand, just from the brief snippets that were shown, but um, that's uh, this is the, uh, the the new game from Naughty Dog, which uh, most recently worked on um, the uh, Uncharted series, and um, what they kind of got here is, uh, I mean, I, I guess it's, you know, it sounds tried to say, but like a post-apocalyptic co-op survival game, except you're, it's, it's an AI-controlled uh, partner in the co-op experience, and... Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Um honestly, I think the really compelling thing about the last of us is that there's no supernatural element, like there's no zombies, there's no aliens there's well, not that we've seen anyway.
2: there are zombies,
1: oh there are zombies, yeah, there are Man, zombies. I was really compelled, <laughs> and now it's just another fucking zombie game oh. well,
2: there're spore zombies though it was like a it was um from what I understand, you know that. Fungus that attaches itself to ants' heads in those nature videos and controls. Oh yeah, that that horrifying thing. It's it's basically that. that, Yeah.
1: Okay. Well,
2: that's like the new in vogue zombie uh, outbreak. We all know it worked for the happening from Midnight Shyamalan, so you know.
1: (laughs) I mean, I I was looking forward to it being uh, just just uh, well, really feral people, like people Mm. desperate and as on the edge as you are, and that would be pretty cool. It may be a little raw for for some gamers but i don't know i thought that would be neat but unfortunately i totally missed the part where there were zombies so well,
2: I, I, agree. I still think what happened there was really cool i mean i don't know if you guys picked up on that from the gameplay they showed but honestly i've never thanks in part to the animation that naughty dog does i've never seen just that brutal combat like that that you feel like you're actually hitting somebody at least it appeared that way um it could just have been a really good gameplay demo, but uh, it just it seems like there could be for me at least remorse about all the violence, which is pretty rare since we, all we've been doing for
0: thirty yeah. years is just shooting and hitting people so yeah there's a there's a real gravity to the the violence in that in that video like and i I mean that both in the, like the the literal sense of like the sensation of like just weight behind your actions but also just like. You know the the violence feels very raw. Like you, you know the 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 audio of your character and the other characters struggling, mm-hmm. the just intensity of the expressions on their faces and like you know and the pain that they like express when they get hit. Like it, it's it's beyond what you're used to seeing in, in any game really. And well, especially now the
1: uh, the invoke hero being a heroic regenerating Superman. Who yeah. kills a million faceless enemies and and doesn't stop once to think about it? You know, knows how to operate every weapon. Blah blah yeah. blah. Um, yeah. To to have something with that kind of yeah that emotional resonance to it. Again, I don't I don't know that this is going to be a big hit with people because you know the frat boy crowd is just going to hate it out the gate for making them think. But <laughs> it'll it'll definitely really captivate a lot of people. I think. Even if it it isn't like a, an immediate million seller.
2: Yeah, you're right. I think there's going to be a bit of a backlash, as stupid as that is, but we know how that works, is it'll surely be critically acclaimed, but it may not be a big blockbuster. But I don't know. I, I'd hope people would latch to it. I would. There's an element to that, even watching the videos of, I feel guilty for leading around this teenage girl who's cussing and helping kill people, but you know that's the world that the game created and it's at least different than just like you're saying spencer being a super hero who just kills everyone with no mm-hmm. remorse sort of thing
1: yeah and uh, at least she seems somewhat more useful than uh, the girl wasn't it Iko? <laughs> uh
2: yorda or yorda yeah. yorda no. and ashley
0: from resident evil <laughs> yeah <laughs> that too it's nice it's nice that we're moving away from like the you know probably do the AI limitations but you know the damsel in distress constant ai companion Mm -hmm. it's basically just functionless like it's it was it was really demeaning it was always a female character and now it's it's nice to see yeah that kind of like self-assuredness and almost like you know political incorrectness of like this teenage girl like just cursing her mouth off as you're like in this fucked up situation so you're
2: saying that the problem of sexism in games is over thanks to technology good Good. Glad it's cool. Uh, yeah, we we, we, that we live in
1: a post-sexist, post-racial society now, guys. <laughs> thanks, to totally thanks to programmers. Thanks to programmers.
0: The glass ceiling has been shattered thanks to a uh, algorithm controller. Yeah.
1: Um, on the topic of things that kind of came out of nowhere, uh, watchdogs, I had not Hell heard yeah. anything about. And holy crap, hey, that, that was a really neat presentation.
0: So uh, this is a, a radio program, and I am also behind the times and have not seeing the video. So. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I heard about it, but can you describe kind of like what stood out to you? To summarize,
1: I mean, it's it's open world GTA style gameplay, except they've kind of modeled and, you know, maybe it's a gimmick, maybe it's not. We don't know at this point, but they've they've modeled the networking of the devices, where there are people talking on their cell phones and you can go over and with your cybernetics or whatever technology it is, you can listen in on their cell phone conversation or you can block out their cell phone in order to keep them from calling the police or to cause a distraction. Mm -hmm. um, And there's a lot of that. Like Everything you see in the game seems to be connected to it in some way. Uh, The other thing before letting you guys jump in, that uh, was really compelling to me is I am pretty sure that demo was was run on PC because that is probably some of the best graphics I've seen um, from a title recently. And honestly, I don't think it'll run that well on the current consoles. Like, I, I, I saw it written somewhere in the flurry of hype that it's being developed for next gen consoles. That that does not really tell us anything, but it does look to be at the top end. It's either going to be the last thing to come out on uh, on PS three three hundred and sixty, or the first thing to come out on whatever their successors is.
2: Yeah, they're being very coy, which is surprising to me. I guess since for the last few years, everything that gets announced has some kind of platform exclusivity, or yeah, it's coming to everything that you can ever buy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious too if that's going to be next gen. But then that happened with Star Wars thirteen thirteen, which it's running on high end PC footage. And then there was just a, a news story about Watch Dogs that it was being played with a PlayStation controller. That was some thought it was an Xbox, whatever it was. But it's apparently going to come to the current gen consoles. So, um, yeah. But you're you're I mean, right.
1: If they make it run, then spectacular, but I do not think it could be anywhere near as pretty as it was in the demo. Yeah,
2: this game so, is like Deus Ex, if that helps anyone. <laughs> it's it's
1: way. it's like the offspring of Deus Ex and uh, Grand Theft Auto, it seems like.
2: Okay. So um, similar
1: type, type of setting to Deus Ex and everything, but with a lot of the gameplay elements of, of GTA.
0: So when you say GTA and Deus Ex, I think of kind of antiquated... Uh, gameplay systems. You know, still fun, very, you know, transformative, but you know, G- even, like, Human Revolutions hacking felt really, you know, kind of tacked on to me, mm-hmm. and when I think of GT, I think of, like, awkward, you know, random NPC interactions. Um, did you see, is there, like, any sort of, like, indication of, like, more fluidity or more dynamic interaction yes. with your environment from this? Yeah,
2: you're, I, I think that you're right in being concerned about those sort of tropes from those big titles, um, Here's what you would see in the trailer, and anybody who's listening should absolutely go watch it, just because the overall presentation doesn't do it justice for the comparisons. But there was cover, there was shooting, there was um, open world, like Spencer said, and sort of a, you know, mini-map at the bottom. But the presentation altogether was, this guy seems like a total anti-hero, a hacker of sorts, and that's, of course, could be just cliché. But he seems like a total douchebag, but also fighting some kind of freedom fight. The original trailer made it look like CTOS was just the game, I thought that was going to be some world building thing. Um, But then they pull back and they do the gameplay and you are going to this art show for this um, kind of high and mighty artist, this digital artist. And you go mm. in there and you're looking for information, you've got the trench coat on and the baseball cap and you know, you're kind of walking there with your hands in your pockets as the wind blows through Chicago, I think it was, is the city it set in.
1: Here's mm, the
2: Yeah, and it's all sunset and just the graphics like Spencer was talking about look absolutely next gen. So we'll we'll see how that turns out. But you go up to this um, there's a bouncer outside and you have to get into the club where the art show's at, but it's all busy and people are blocking it, so what do you do? He uses this city operating system that they did the pre-trailer for basically setting it up that in the near future this main city is all run by computers and hacking software like that you can hack into it. So he uses that to do like an EMP to put out all the cell phones and all this weird stuff. He gets in... He is looking at people's health records. He knows their average income, what their name is. their are um, like if they were ex-soldier for Afghanistan. So, they're, uh, so
0: are you manually like leafing through this information or is it just sort of presented? Y- yeah,
2: you, you're kind of selecting your targets. Um, and I'm sure there's going okay. to be something where it shows you what your targets are. But all this information is coming up and they're giving it to you and it all seems... Practical, like their penchant for violence. So you know if this bouncer's coming at you, what are you gonna do? Guy pulls out one of those stun batons and breaks the guy's arm, and then he uh, kind of proceeds through. It it just it looked actiony, and it looked like it could be cliche Grand Theft Auto and Deus Ex, but everything together seemed a lot more. Subliminal, not so in your face. So I don't know if there's gonna be branching paths of how to complete an objection. It's far
0: too early, but everything it just was holy shit. So yeah So um, sorry, one last one last question. This is kind of just speculation, but uh, the, the news I heard too is that this is being targeted for next generation consoles. What kind of stands out to me now in retrospect is, like, that is the only mention of next-generation consoles I've seen. Unless you count Mm -hmm. the Wii U, but, you know, I I mean, in terms of the next echelon of hardware. It's the only thing I've seen mentioned or demoed at E3 this year of any sort of um, next-gen.
1: And just to to clarify to the reader, they have a listing on the Ubisoft website right now that claim that uh, that Watch Dogs is going to be on 360 and PS3. However, websites never know anything. Uh, in my experience, um, but yeah. With with that being said, you know the developer next gen consoles. Um, you're right. There was pretty much nothing, and that was a little bit weird. Um, I honestly yeah. wasn't expecting that. Like my prediction, which has been wrong before. <laughs> I'm I'm not a I'm not really a prophet on this, but I figured that Microsoft would at least say okay, Xbox Seven Twenty or whatever it's called. Um, next holiday like holiday 2013 that stood to reason for me that they would they would start pushing that because the limitations of the current generation are becoming so apparent it's yeah it's yeah. that it's that end of the cycle where the pc gamer gets really happy and then the next generation starts and we get uh, well you know <laughs> marginalized again
0: yeah you... it's that awkward uh adolescent phase for the cycle <laughs> where my pc just looks like a friggin' rock star, yeah. and my Xbox looks so old. Just wait until you get hair down there; it's really awkward. It?
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> a, I mean, the the uh, the hardware of the 360 and the PS3—they're basically just seven-year-old computers at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not not noteworthy.
2: Well, do you do you guys think that? I, I, not to be the detractor from the surprise about it, is both of the. Sony and Microsoft at least said years ago that they wanted a hypothetical 10-year cycle. Now, I know that still is going to be unlikely. I'm sure something's going to come out 2013 or 2014. It would be kind of crazy if it didn't at this point because, yeah, you're right, the fatigue aspect of these consoles. But, I mean, they, they made the Kinect for a reason for Xbox, for example. Uh, they're doing yeah. well with that. And Smart Glass, something that's coming out, is trying to push the current hardware. And from a consumer perspective... I'm like, hell yeah, keep it as is, because though I do want new hardware, uh, as long as there's still valuable experiences, which we're mentioning at least three right now, um, and more that will be coming out, then I'm okay with not having to drop another five to $600 in the near future.
0: So, um, real quick before, um, I want to jump to that smart glass topic, but... Um, it does sound to me like they actually got their wish for a 10-year life cycle when you consider the fact that even if they do launch new hardware in 2013, mm-hmm. which they won't, or 2014, you know, the Xbox 360 and PS3 are going to be on store shelves until 2014, 2015, 2016. Yeah. So, you well, know, mission if, accomplished.
1: If for no other reason than to be streaming devices, which both both uh, Sony and Microsoft seem to be pushing really hard uh, even yeah. now. And with it's the PS3... To go that route. The, the PS3 kind like makes price, sense on it. I mean, it does, because, you know, it's a unified all-in-one device, but, you know, the 360 having to pay for an additional service does not make a lot of sense to me.
2: Which no. is a whole separate other topic. That's <laughs> a, that is a <laughs> that is a
1: whole unrelated topic of, develop, or of um, discussion. So, with that in mind, let's move on to Smart Glass, because that was actually... Yeah one of the few things that Microsoft said that uh, that intrigued
2: me. I have to ask, do you guys think this is a Wii U enabler or something that's actually going to be separate and useful?
0: I think this is Microsoft trying to get you to associate tablets with your Xbox and with your TV and to really start thinking about I'm using this to access my Microsoft account essentially. Like, what they showed it being demoed for was not, you know, it wasn't exactly emphasizing gaming, right? It was... Um, yeah, what did you do a, with
2: Smart Glass? Go
0: over that. So, uh, I didn't see this being demoed live. I was out of the room when uh, this was being demoed. But, like, from what I understand, it's, like, integrating with the different apps uh, and, you know, even the just the, the broader dashboard on your Xbox 360 and kind of giving you um, a secondary view and control of, like... Uh, I think, for example, ESPN integrated with it. Is that right? Yeah, HBO Go. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's another controller for all the uh, the non as far as I can tell the non gaming stuff that your Xbox does. And to me, when I think about like sitting on the couch and like using my Xbox to stream, for example, Netflix or uh, you know who knows what else, like that's that's actually kind of a cool proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, it also makes me think of like how I use my Apple TV currently, because um, uh, you can use. Uh, an iPhone or iPad to control that. But, um...
1: But there's yeah, so little I, you can do with an Apple TV by comparison, not to sound like a huge Microsoft fanboy, but the, the Apple TV is a, is a Roku. It's a thing that plays video.
2: And it has the Apple Marketplace. I mean, which is it, a good it, yeah. thing, but you're right, it's it's still a, just a player at a core Total. level.
0: Totally. Exactly. So what? T- talk. So let's talk about what the uh, Smart Glass app will offer.
2: Well,
1: uh, among other compelling features, and, uh, one of them for me is the fact that it they actually are saying that it'll work on uh, Windows 8, uh, Windows Phone 7, iOS, and Android. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's some good coverage there. Well done, uh, Microsoft, yeah. on doing that. Uh, but apparently it is going to tie into uh, certain games, providing, well, really a Wii-like u controller, but with any device you happen to have handy. Um, mm. The examples that they give are... Um, well, a Sherlock Holmes adventure game, which, eh, that's <laughs> not super compelling, but I hate to be citing Madden, but the one of the uh, applications is you can put your plays in the tablet for Madden and then throw them over onto the console and your play from the tablet gets done in the game.
2: Kind of like that uh, Vita and PS3 crossplay they showed, sort Precisely. of. Precisely.
1: I mean, that's kind of what they're moving to—is having it, it, the the new movement is an additional screen, and you know, Nintendo tried to do it ages yeah. ago with the Advance and the GameCube, but mm-hmm. uh, but it seems to actually be taking off now.
2: So, do you do you guys think with something like smart glasses, like what's Microsoft's long term goal with it? Is I think that it is cool, and for myself it's going to be free regardless of anything, and it's going to be more useful based on what it supports, which is why I'm hoping uh, something that Redmond was quoted as saying towards the press at E3 on the floor was that they're basically putting the tools out there and letting the developers go hog wild, sort of like with the Connect. I'm not presuming it's going to be anything where they're leading surgeries with, like they do with Connect now, all the cool <laughs> stuff, but... Uh, it is a really good sign that Microsoft is still continuing this open-platform idea, so I don't know if the smart glass will become something like a really good controller. They didn't demo that much for gameplay, but stuff like HBO Go, where if you're watching, um, the example they have was Game of Thrones, well, you can have Westeros as far as like the whole continent map on the iPad or whatever tablet you have that's attached to your Xbox apps, and it's kind of a cool gimmicky thing, but what do they want to do long term with this? Is it just kind of you know more accessibility and hey, Xbox is still cool too, or what? Do you, what's the point?
1: Well, here's the thing, and this is also enabled by uh, Vita, PS3 crossplay. This is enabled by the uh, we use tablet controllers, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to make uh, Nick's ears perk up. But asymmetric gameplay is mm-hmm. is really where I feel like this is going mm-hmm. because. For the longest time, we have been more or less stuck, um, well, with split screens, and that kind of carries over to, to the PC a fair amount, because you're developing for one, you want to be able to just kind of port it over to everything. Uh, but that's that's really the big selling point now, is you can do game types that are not necessarily just one for one. Um, the, the thing that's kind of coming to mind for me, and this is kind of my pipe dream, if whatever console developer does it first, I'm probably going to end up getting their setup up if it's a tablet for smart glass or if it's the Wii U, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being able to do something like, um, well, like Line Tower Wars in Warcraft 3 or something where, where basically take the tower defense model and you have, say, the person with the controller building their maze, putting up their towers and everything on the screen And then you have the person with the tablet sitting there, and they choose what they are going to make their waves consist of to try and get through the opposing player's maze. There are more examples than this, of course, but this is the one that leaps to my mind, being kind of a tower defense theme. But really just enabling, you know, where where the players don't have the same information, where they can either manage their inventories and not take up the time of everyone else playing, or they can plan something and not have... Uh, the other players be party to it.
0: Mm-hmm. and That's that's what's so cool, is how this is happening simultaneously across... We're seeing it with the Wii U and the, the Wii Pad uh, on the PS3 and the PS Vita, and then, um, you know, uh, Smart Glass for uh, Xbox. And I, I totally agree with Spencer. Like, you know, um, there, there have been very definitive trends across the market of uh, what is compelling to people in terms of uh, playing with friends. You know, uh, when Xbox Live launched uh it kind of brought competitive multiplayer across the internet mm-hmm. to the to the forefront um then you know the this generation of of consoles uh back in like 2006 2007 or so started seeing a lot more like focused uh co-op modes and uh you know that was kind of followed by like variations on competitive or cooperative multi like horde modes and such and now you know we've got the potential for some really you know so, some far less obvious uh collaborative gameplay and that, that to me is very exciting
1: Yeah, I I really do think it's spectacular. If um, gratuitous tank battles were to come out uh, (laughs) with a multiplayer mode on 360, I would absolutely buy it again, because that would be really cool, you know? Have people designing their waves versus the people designing their towers. It's just fantastic.
2: And I guess you guys make a good point, is that this is happening on all the platforms in some way. I think the one advantage Microsoft might have with this is that They're kind of banking on the fact that, well, you have an Xbox and you already have a tablet or smartphone, so we're not going to make you buy something else, which, you know, to be fair, I'm sure it works well with the Wii U and then the Vita, but obviously you have to have a Vita with the PlayStation, which is another cost there of $250 at least, and most people don't have that, whereas they now have tablets or phones, and the same with the Wii U is like a whole new console. So if this is the asymmetric gameplay and multiplayer is something that is the trend, then with the install base of the Xbox, if Microsoft actually does empower its developers and show it right, it might actually kind of start the trend off first. I don't know.
1: The, uh, yeah. You're absolutely correct. The major thing that, that leaps to mind, and this is something that I spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about for somebody who does not really have that much of an investment in it, but uh, they are dealing with a huge amount of fragmentation. Mm-hmm. Like, the the number of yes. platforms they have said that they are going to support, that's gigantic. And you have to make sure that the app runs well on all of those platforms. Absolutely. And so if it doesn't, then they're just dead in the water until it does. And if they, if they lose share in that span of time, then, you know, they may just not recover from that. Um, as... Nintendo has learned painfully time and time again. Yeah,
2: people will just see it as a gimmick, and then they drop it, and then that might hurt the whole idea in general. Sure, there will be people who adopt the other two options, but you're right, if there's not a good support and it doesn't work well everywhere, then people will say, why bother, and this is just kind of dumb. I mean, that's exactly. the, the hard... I think, con-
0: I, yeah, sorry. No, I, no. I just... I, I think this is actually worth the gamble, because, like, yes, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fragmentation nightmare, just supporting all, you know, even supporting just phone and tablet formats and the, consider all the different screen resolutions that Android tablets support, mm-hmm. the different versions of Android out there, all that kind of stuff, and then trying to build in some sort of like robust functionality across those platforms. That's, that's a huge challenge, but I think it's actually brilliant because it's, it's working in two ways. One is that they're targeting the biggest established install base for this kind of thing already by using hardware you already have. And second... Looking at how much people love and are attached to their smartphones and their iPads and you know other mm-hmm. things like that, like this is basically if, it, if it's fun and compelling, they're going to see this as an extension of that device mm-hmm. they already use and love, and they're going to it's going to just I think tether people and hopefully a good you know good or bad way to their Xbox even more. So if it succeeds, well,
2: thank you guys for helping me uh, see the Microsoft conference in a less cynical light now. <laughs> like. If, if you dumb. want to
1: see it in a cynical light, we can just say we're proud to announce uh, Usher. Internet
0: Explorer
2: on <laughs>
0: on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Oh boy, that's something everyone's excited about. Yeah. So we, we do need to figure out whether or not Florida or Usher had the better dance game performance.
2: <laughs> it's it's really a tough one. I've been uh, you know dealing with that for the last day. I honestly thought um, the next Just Dance game was Just Usher, like or. Uh, or not just Dance, but uh, Dance why is, Central 3. Why, guys, why are we discussing this? It's really We're the not. most important part of E3. <laughs> Let's um, move on. So um. what did, you, did you guys have anything you wanted to say in brief about what Nintendo or Sony had done in general? Or just more of kind of, you know, there, there are a couple other games that I was thinking of as far as like Beyond and Tomb Raider that really made an impression. Yeah. But um, as far as, I hate, and I'm sure you guys do too, I think we all do, the whole who won E3 thing. So we're not going to play that crap, but was there anything else from the actual major console providers that was of interest?
1: Uh, as far as Nintendo is concerned, for me, no Star Fox means no buy.
2: Okay, that's that's
0: fair. I, um, replace Star Fox with the Metroid and, and I'm just as concerned.
2: Replace Metroid uh,
0: with Zelda and you've got me in the same boat. <laughs> uh, it, just in 10 seconds real quick, because I think we've kind of said a lot about Nintendo because of, by virtue of discussing the asynchronous multi in the tablet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what what Nintendo needs to have, and it's never had since the 16-bit era, is just a solid showing of third-party support. And not just, you know, big-name games that are coming to other systems, but, you know, like, really just... They need, like, what they had with Square uh, Squaresoft in, in the 16-bit era. You know, that kind of commitment from a third-party to just ship awesome stuff for their platform exclusively. Uh, we didn't see any of that, really, uh, from the games being demoed or the announcements made at E3. And so, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, you know, it's. It, I'm worried that we're in for just another Nintendo cycle of good first-party stuff and no third-party support to speak of. So, yeah, you know, at this point, tell, it's but, kind
2: of almost a guarantee, and it's more of, yeah. are you okay with that or are you upset by that? Which I personally, uh, I know I'm going to be a schlock for the if <laughs> whenever Zelda comes out for this thing, I'll know I'll buy it for that. I, it's just I hate to say it, but it's true. But at the same time, the third-party support you mentioned was. It was weird. It was that, okay, we're getting Mass Effect, which, all right, awesome, and Aliens and Darksiders and all these multi-platform games that will have already come out um, by the time that they launch for the Wii U, or they're already out last year, so I think it's good that they're moving in more of an acceptance of mature games, since people seem to always complain about that, but you're right, we don't need to keep seeing this rehash aspect. Where's the new stuff? Like you're saying. I, yeah,
1: yeah. That that yeah. was that was the really big thing for uh, for Nintendo for me, where it's like, uh, oh hey guys, we've got all the big hits from twenty eleven and the <laughs> beginning of twenty twelve, and here's five new types of Mario. And come on, guys, you've got the the hardware is really compelling. Honestly, I think the Wii U yeah. looks super cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but, totally. But they're not putting anything out there that's really going to grip anybody. Like, anyone who's wanted to play Arkham City probably already has. It's been ten bucks more than once on Steam.
2: Okay, with my video card, I mean, there's lots of people that yeah, just, Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, they, they either need to really get cracking on that, or, or you, like you said, it's another cycle of, hey, cool, Zelda came out again, I guess I'll get that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, wait and see, I guess. As always. Um, we got a few more minutes left. Do you guys want to touch on a couple of those uh, games we were mentioning, uh, Tomb Raider and uh, beyond?
2: Yeah, I know you had a lot to say about Tomb Raider before, and I don't know how much you saw the presentation from E3, Nick, but what about Tomb Raider for you? Are you still into it?
0: Yeah. Um, so, when they showed it last year, uh, and, you know, this year too, there were a lot of comments about the kind of, the the I don't know how you'd say it, like the, the way it presented the violence and the way that uh, Lara Croft, uh <laughs> This character reacted to like, you know, being put through physical and mental health. basically. BDSM sort of thing. See, I don't I don't think that's fair. Um it was you know, you can you can say whether or not it was good acting, but there there's just some seriously disturbing violence happening. Like you know she falls down the pit and like is you know, like falls on like a skeleton's bone and like it partially impales her. Like that that would be excruciating and the, the acting kind of represented that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's all gonna come down to how the game treats the violence. And like um how well it's just you know, maintains this, you know, kind of presentation of like, this is really gratuitous, and, you know, intense shit, kind of like The Last of Us was trying to do and kind of succeeded in doing from the demo they showed. So, you know, that that's the big question for that game is how serious can it be? Is the comic gun just feels like Uncharted's kind of goofy, bullet spongy enemies without any real weight to them? But, uh, it's, it's it's lovely looking. It's the most interesting thing that they've ever done with the Tomb Raider license, as far as I can tell. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, that's really all I have to say about that. Yeah,
2: I I poked fun of it last year about the sort of torture porn sounds, and I really don't think that they were aiming for that, and it's no. not any lack of maturity on my part. I don't believe that that's the case. It's just, I think it was some of the acting, just which doesn't bother me. I'll still want to play the game, because I really do think it looks great. I'm glad and I'm, it feels weird that i'm saying this that i'm glad that it's taking a lot of um, cues from uncharted in a sense but also making it way more visceral way more realistic like you're talking about that if someone falls on a bone that punctures them they're probably going to hurt pretty bad and this whole game you're gonna is going to have a bad time <laughs> going to have yes. a bad time we'll uh we'll discuss our we'll have a meme podcast after this one um but yeah, it's it's very cool that they're giving Laura Croft a direction and she's not just this buxom action hero and which or heroine which um is fine and that's what she was built on, but everything's being rebooted now, so they're taking an opportunity with it and giving her an origin and it really does look great. I just laugh that sometimes it seems like it's Passion of the Christ, the game, so <laughs> Yeah.
1: I'm still waiting no, on passion I, on the Christ the game personally,
2: but <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I don't think they could get a Cavaziel, because whatever his Cazabel, What what's his Cabizel? name? Cavizel? It's Vin Diesel. Yeah. Is it Vin Diesel? It Vin Diesel. was Vin Diesel. Diesel. I'm was. pretty
1: sure. I'm pretty sure he was Christ.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that was the direct DVD sequel. But no, you're right. The game looks good, and I think a lot of people are overreacting about the whole injury aspect. All
0: right. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, We've just got like a minute left, so how about we... Uh, do you guys want to talk about Beyond real quick? Because I want to talk about Beyond.
2: Um, All I'll say is that I want to play it, but I guess this is the true evolution of video games into film-like experiences, for good or bad, because you actually have a big-name actress being the headline and marquee character with the facial capture and the motion and voice capture, and it's basically Ellen Page stars in Beyond Two Souls, which is kind of cool. Like There there have been lots of celebrities in games for years, but it's, at least to my memory, never been so pushed like this. So this is what we're going to yeah. keep seeing in the future, I guess.
1: Uh, honestly, for me, after Heavy Rain, I'm going to end up playing it, and then I'm going to bitch about it for a while, but the the end fact is I'm probably going to really enjoy it. So it's, it's not
0: even something that's really on my radar because I'm just kind of thinking, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I'm down for this. Um, yeah, I mean, like like Aaron kind of said, we can, we can talk all day about whether or not games should go in a more filmic direction. I don't think it's like the, you know, if you want to talk about the, the true value of the medium of interactive entertainment or whatever, like trying to ape films is probably not the, where we're going to end up 20 years from now. But given, you know, the mix of techn- technological constraints and the kind of increase in like I guess gravitas around what the experiences games can deliver I'm really excited to see what they do you know I'm not expecting a, a revolutionary interactive product but I'm mm-hmm. expecting something on the on the level of, like a heavy rain where like they keep you engaged through like you know both the story and then the decisions you have to make in real time and I'm, I'm hoping that they kind of follow that pattern but you know continue to refine it. I'm What they showed of Ellen Page uh her her acting although it was kind of limited in that sequence yeah and just the animations and the direction the the way the scenes were shot or you know rendered i guess just very filmic very very compelling i can't I can't wait to see what it looks like
1: as far as games becoming filmic i cannot like that's not the indus- uh the direction the industry is going to move in but quantic has it down and that's yeah. their thing and they're just going to keep Making awesome games that do it. So, I I don't know about a direction for the industry because nobody else is really doing it. The only uh, other example I can think of is maybe LA Noir on the facial animation front, Mm -hmm. and then beyond that, nothing. But, uh,
2: I was actually going to mention that since I think as an actor it has to be exciting that LA Noir kind of pioneered it a little bit. There have always been games of stars, like I said, but they had this actual facial actors doing their parts and this looks way better and I think it's probably a combination of some of that technology and whatever proprietary stuff they're doing but it must be kind of cool to be like well I don't just have to sit in the sound booth now and kind of do these lines I can actually act the part and it lends some regardless of how it turns out like you guys are thinking years from now it hopefully lends some legitimacy to games as a production and something that People even in the film industry might follow, or who knows, maybe Roger Ebert will review this game and Ellen Page's performance <laughs> and still hate it. So,
0: well, I mean, well, I'm looking forward to that.
2: The, the, the guy hates all
1: of it. It's it's fine. Yeah. Let him have it. It's it, it's okay. He's had a lot of my, shit. Yeah. I'm not expecting my dad to start playing Halo Four. No more would I expect uh, Roger Ebert to suddenly turn around and start playing games. So. Alright
0: totally. guys, we should probably wrap it up but it's, uh, it's been great chatting about this um, looking forward to talking some more soon Most definitely Absolutely That's all I have to say Alright, all right. thanks for listening and we'll be back soon